Don't you run away from me! Um, I hope you don't mind. I prepared a little Charlie Rose type blurb, you know, to, to describe my guest. Um, I, uh, I tried to make it not too flowery or anything. <laughs> sure. Uh, <clears throat> uh, my guest tonight is Ben Smith. You know him best from his role as an associate producer with Last Stand Media, as well as his live streams at Twitch TV slash Ben is Handsome. Ben, is that true, by the way? Ben, are you handsome? Well, my mom thinks I am, and that's good enough for me. That's all the proof I needed. So That's right. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, of course, we also know you as a man of the people, as uh, the mayor of your own small town. That's correct. That's pretty cool, Ben. Ben has over three decades of experience in the games industry, play- playing them at least, right? That's Yeah, I'd say that's accurate. And uh, I'm glad to have you here. So, Ben, thank you for coming. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jacob. I appreciate the invite and uh, looking forward to what we're going to talk about. Well, it's an honor for me to have you because I've been watching Last Stand for a while now. And, of course, I've known of you. I've seen you there. And... Uh, it's pretty cool to get to interact with a company that I like so much. So, uh, yeah, it's really cool to have you. It's a, um, it's a lot of fun to work with a company I like so much. So that's, that's <laughs> good. It goes both ways. Yeah. Um, so for people who may not be familiar with Last Stand or at least people who may not be so familiar with you or haven't had a chance to get to know you so well, can you kind of give us a little bit of information about yourself? Like, who is Ben Smith? Yeah. So basically, I mean, I'm just a guy. I like to uh, – I like – to get involved with a bunch of different things. Uh, I like to be active. I, I often say that one of my, well, people ask me like, how do you do so much? And I'm like, well, first of all, I don't ever feel, I always feel like I could do more, mm-hmm. but the the joke I always have is that one, I don't sleep very much. I've never required much sleep. And two, I have a bad uh, habit of turning all of my hobbies into jobs. So that's essentially, that's essentially me. Uh, but yeah, I have a, I have a wife, I have, uh, two kids, uh, five and seven and soon to be six and eight, uh, next month. And, um, I enjoy video games. I, uh, I also, uh, co-own a brewery with my, with my dad. Um, so we do that as well. And yeah, like you said, I mean, I'm, you kind of nailed everything else. I'm I'm very impressed by uh, what a renaissance man you are, Ben. Well, I suppose you could say that, yeah. I was going to say you have a lot of irons in the fire, but I'm pretty sure you probably own a blacksmith shop, too. So, uh, that, that yeah, yeah. <laughs> not quite, but my, I mean, it would go along with my name, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so when did you know that you wanted to be involved in some sort of entertainment work? Like, when did that enter the equation for you? So, I mean, in high school and college, I always did a lot of uh media type stuff mm-hmm. i was interested in tech I, even younger than high school i you know used to want to I, I used to run sound at my church and things like that uh so i've always been interested in that and then 
probably in about 2009, I think it was, my buddy Brandon and I started a, a small uh, little podcast and, and website. And at the time, you know, 2009, there were a few out there, but there weren't many video game podcasts or really fan websites. Uh, so we were able to get pretty far. I mean, we, we did, we had a decent following. Uh, we were always ranking higher up in the, uh, in the charts. And then uh, a few years later, he ended up getting a job with a production company that actually covered video games. Uh, so he had to leave and I kept the site alive for a little while until we eventually sold it. Uh, then I got married and, uh, you know, things change a little bit when you get married, obviously. And I was doing a master's program. So I was still playing some games, but not really involved in the production side. And then probably about 2017, uh, I picked back up with uh, with a website uh, called thehandsomephantom.com and started doing some podcasts and written articles, going to shows, that kind of thing. And that's that's kind of what brought us here. Very cool. That's a that's an interesting journey. You know, um, I'm a lot younger. I'm I'm 22 years old. So mm -hmm. uh I started doing YouTube when I was 15, but I, I'm always envious when I meet people who are a little bit older because, you know, the environment they talk about is it seems almost a little bit easier to get noticed in. You know what I mean? Like, uh, sure. Yeah. I'm one of the 14 million people who tries to talk about things on the Internet. Right. Right. Um, well, it, yeah. Even even back then, it was a little harder. I mean, YouTube didn't even exist at the time. Uh, that is definitely started, something started you got to count in. Yeah. Yeah. So it's um, you know, there there are certainly advantages, obviously, to getting an early start. But I feel like right now the the world is people's oyster uh, as far as like there's never been a better time to create the some of the discovery tools are a little lackluster. But yeah, it, it, there, there's a lot of room and a lot of opportunity uh, if you just grind at it. So kind of in the same vein, uh, for you as someone who has a little bit more experience in what you might call like an older version of the Internet, um, was it always this mean or are we getting more mean? Like, I feel like um, I'm not sure if in 2009, you know, when you had an opinion on video games, were people like violently angry at you for what you had to say? Uh, I don't think so. I do think you're right that the internet is getting, you know, more mean as we go along, unfortunately. Uh, there were certainly, I, I actually think that maybe not in the last six months, but fanboyism, if you if you want to call it that, uh, was kind of at its height during that time. I mean, that was uh, a little bit before we had the, the PSN uh, debacle where it got hacked and went down for like three or four weeks. And, you know, fanboy was fanboyism was rampant at that time. I'd say mm -hmm. it was probably at its highest between like 2005, 2012, somewhere in there, it seems like at least. And uh, so, yeah, it's a weird world out there. You basically can't say anything about a video game without getting a death threat. Uh, it seems like sometimes, but there's definitely uh, it, it's better, I feel like, in some senses than it was and other senses, it's a lot worse. I guess we, we just kind of have to hang in here and hope to see, you know, the, the eventual evolution of the Internet. But um, right. uh, something that I've noticed with my engagements with the Last Stand community is it seems to be generally a lot more positive or uh, at least not as vitriolic. I mean, people have disagreements or, you know, someone says, I don't like this episode or that. But it seems like people generally try not to be so. Uh, I'll just use vitriolic a second time in the same sentence. Um when did you get involved with Last Stand? You know, like when when did you finally have your connection with this company? So actually, I was invited on to 
fireside chats back in 2018 i think it was uh colin invited me on i went out to his his place when uh, when he used to live in santa monica uh to record an episode with him and at the time it was colin's last stand and then uh kept in touch with colin you know we'd text every now and then uh sometimes you know i'd uh, we would we would hook each other up with a connection or something like that. And then in two, late 2018, I heard him say that he was looking for an editor. And I was thinking he was looking for a video editor. So I told my buddy Dustin, uh, he and I have been good friends for a long time. Hey, you might want to check this out. You might want to apply. And he ended up applying uh, or just you know literally emailing Colin because he had actually been on that trip with me out to do that interview because we were going to E3 right after that. He He was functioning in sort of the squire role. Correct. That yes, he was essentially yes. Okay, so he started working with Colin, and then you know I just stayed connected that way in a sense. Uh, and then I think it was in it was in uh, September October of 2020 when uh, Colin had asked me if I wanted to come on as an associate producer, and then uh, rolled on from there. So that was that's pretty much how that happened. Now, as far as being involved in the community, I mean I've. I've been a fan for a long time, been a patron for a long time. Of course, I followed Colin, who, of course, for those who don't know, is like the uh, he's the founder of Last Stand, used to be, like I said, Colin's Last Stand. Uh, so I've been a, a fan of his, following him for a long time, uh, probably probably about 2010-ish, somewhere in there, for, for a long time. That's an 11-year relationship, Ben. I've never had an 11-year relationship. Well, it's been a one-sided relationship for many of the <laughs> for most of those years, but yeah, yeah, it is a long time to follow somebody. It was an extended courtship and you finally bagged him. Congratulations, Ben. Or did he bag me? We'll never know. <laughs> yeah. Um was that initial was that your first meeting with Colin when you went on his podcast? Uh, you know, I think I may have met him at a convention previous to that, but like met him like you know, hi, hi, okay, nice to meet you, bye, that kind of thing. So I don't know that he ever would have had any idea who I was, and uh, I certainly didn't have any reason for him to know who I was. But yeah, that was the first time that we had actually uh, interfaced, you know, in, in any kind of meaningful way. So but going back to the relationship thing, this is kind of, that was the first meeting you had where he remembered it. Uh, yes. Well, yeah. Whether he remembered it or not, I don't know. But I remember it. So <laughs> we we actually sat and talked. So yeah, yeah. No, it was um that was the first time that we really actually had a conversation. Yeah. All right. What were your first impressions of Colin when you met him that first time? Because I know it it can be different for a person when you go from well, I'm a fan of this guy, and then you meet him and you're going to his house and you're doing a podcast with him. I mean, I'm sure that was a, a very different experience. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that I had any different impression of him in person than I ever did listening or, or watching him on his previous content before that, just because, you know, he's kind of the same person he is off screen on screen. And so I would say that, you know, it kind of matched expectations. It wasn't, uh, I, I've in my life tried not to, I mean, I'm not very, you know, fanboy. I'm not a, uh, I, I try to play it pretty cool. And, Honestly, I don't get terribly excited over stuff. I get a little anxious sometimes over things that are out of my control. But as far as like meetings and stuff, I, I've always had a kind of a, a pretty tame approach to that. But yeah, I mean, Colin's the same guy. He is uh, on and off screen, in my opinion. And it was nice to meet him. It was it was cool to be able to to get to do that interview. And then, like I said, he was he was kind to me. You know, if if here I would text back and forth and 
and keep that relationship in that way, he would always, uh, you know, reciprocate. So, yeah, he, he's the same guy he is all the time. That was a very good and measured answer. So I'm going to cut to the chase, Ben. <laughs> uh, what does Colin smell like? Does he smell good? Because I, I feel like he could go either way. I could see him being kind of a, a mildly musty guy, but he could also be an Irish spring guy. So, I, I mean, what, what can you give us the uh, the inside scoop? Yeah, you know, a, a lot of smelling man. A lot of people you meet and you're like, you, you know, you can say like instantly like this person either smells good. Mm -hmm. You know, there's something that you smell there or they smell bad. And honestly, for all the times I've I've been around Colin, uh, a couple times we've hugged, you know, I, I can't. He's kind of a neutral scent. I, I can't really put a finger on it. So uh, if any, I mean, he, maybe he smells a little like weed, I guess. Uh, th that's a hobby of his, I know. But uh, other than that, no, yeah, I can't quite put the finger on it. That is so fitting. He is an international man of mystery. And that's, uh, true. that's true. I, I guess I would have been disappointed to really have a firm answer. Yes, yes. Um, so you're an associate producer. What exactly does that entail? Like, what is what is your job in more concrete terms? So my main role, the the thing that I do the most is audio editing. And that pretty much entails downloading all of the content that they do, uh, putting it together, making it sound nice, getting, you know, putting the bumpers on it, putting the credits on it, taking care of all the ums and false starts. And uh, there aren't many like mess ups like, OK, hey, just delete this entire part. Maybe we've had a few of those here and there where maybe somebody loses their train of thought or something like that. For the most part, it's just cleaning up the audio, getting rid of background sounds uh, and making sure that it all goes out timely. Uh, as well as, you know, for the free feeds, inserting ads and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I also do a little bit of other stuff. I mean, Dustin, who's the executive producer and I, we work pretty closely together. Uh, sometimes he'll ask me for advice or help and then vice versa as well. Uh, you know, we rely on each other a good bit, but we have we have kind of split roles in that sense. Uh, sometimes I'm on different podcasts that we do, uh, spoiler cast and such. And then uh, most recently, I, I help do... Uh, our our live show, which we had our first live show we put on. And I think that's going to be something that I'll be handling a little more of in the future. And it's kind of funny because Colin also, uh, Colin and Barry, he owns part of a, a game development studio, Lilymo Games. He also brought me on to be the associate producer there. And that's you know, a completely different type of thing. Oh, very cool. Very cool. <clears throat> I, you just touched on it now with uh, an evening with Last Stand. Um, what, what was your role getting that to happen? Like wh what part of that was all, what, what can I say? Oh yeah, that's Ben over there doing that. Uh, I mean, I don't want to sound, uh, boisterous or arrogant, but I mean, pretty much all of it. I mean, there were certainly things that Dustin and I, How worked dare on you? <laughs> <laughs> there were certain things that Dustin and I worked on together. Uh, you know, that maybe I would ask him, Hey, can you take care of this? Or, uh, could you order this or something like that? Uh, but for the most part, the, the coordination and everything of the actual event going off uh, was kind of me. The the content itself, I had some input on that, but that was, of course, all of the, the you know, the, the guys who were on stage uh, as far as actually presenting the content to the to the audience. But uh, pretty much, you know, A to Z with a little help in between. All right. So this is one could say this is a Ben Smith production. Uh, I would not say that. It, it, but one could. <laughs> one could say perhaps that. me. Perhaps you. I, I think that it wouldn't have happened, obviously, without everybody involved. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I certainly did have a large role in it. I'm not going to I'm not going to downplay that. But yeah, I don't want to make it sound like it was all me either. All right. Well, Ben, you've covered yourself. OK, you've, you've been fair <laughs> to everybody. I'm going to say this was all Ben, folks. 
uh wow ben congratulations <laughs> just uh, let me just get my uh myself myself back pattern out here real quick. i'll send you this clip of me saying that and you can have that okay perfect um so logistically speaking when what went in on the back end of this like how long were you planning to do an evening with last stand and was this tough to get together or you know before i even started working with last stand Dustin and I had talked numerous times about we, you know, we need to have a live event. The last stand needs to have a live event. And of course, you know, during a lot of that time, we were in the midst of, of COVID and everything like that. So that wasn't really a tenable idea as far as uh, getting a bunch of people together. And of, of course, that's not entirely gone out of the out of the consciousness of, of the world. But basically, we've been talking about it for a long time. And, and one day, I frankly can't remember which of us said it, but Dustin and I were talking and we talked about like, well, why don't we just do this in Pittsburgh and have them come to us? And I, I don't know who said it again, but we said, no, let's have them come here to our town, to Butler. Let's convince them of it. So we put together a pitch, uh, made sure, you know, we had all our bases covered, tried to address any questions that could come up or concerns, came up with a list of reasons why it was a good idea. And then we were just like, hey, Colin, hop on a call with us and uh, let's, we got something to pitch you. And so that was probably... I want to say somewhere between April and June this year. I can't 100% recall. I, it might have even been more like March, but certainly no earlier than that. Okay. So uh, was it hard for you to convince the mayor to let you do all this in the town? Or Yeah, it was. It was. He's a, you know. A, a, I hear he's a real <laughs> SOB sometimes. Yeah, yeah. He can be pretty rough for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I hear that you and Dustin – had this idea for a while now. It's something that you were interested in. I wonder, uh, in terms of Colin and his interest, do you have any uh, idea, like, was he motivated in in some way by kind of the difficulties that Last Stand has had getting time in other conventions, doing forums other places? Was was that part of the idea? Like, hey, you know, we've been kind of maligned and had a, a bit of a uh, unfair time with some of these other places. Why don't we just do our own thing for our own fans? Was that part of the decision-making process? You know, I, yeah, I can't really speak to what Colin's thought process was there, but I know that that was part of my thought process. I mean, there's also a very big part of me being a, you know, somewhat of an entrepreneur and wanting to, to do things that just said like, this is a good business opportunity for us. One, you know, we have a ton of people who want to see this crew live. They want to be able to, you know, shake hands and be able to see someone in person. And especially coming off a year where a lot of people didn't see each other in person and they want to, we've got a community here that's hungry for this. And then it was also kind of a, you know, this event, uh, I, we haven't gotten all the bills final, but we're hoping we got pretty close to break even. It was not an event where we were trying to rake in a bunch of bucks or everything, but it was a good test to find out if this could be another revenue source for us. I mean, we have Patreon. We appreciate our patrons. Of course, we have YouTube and podcast ads. We have merchandise, all that kind of stuff. We also have a lot of mouths to feed. And so I don't, I'm not someone who thinks that uh, making money is a, is a dirty word, you know? And so it, it's a, it's not only a way to serve our community who's given us a lot, but it's a way to be able to create an additional revenue source for the company so that we can do bigger and better things and pay our employees more and all that kind of stuff. So it, it wasn't entirely motivated by the fact that, yeah, like PAX canceled uh, Colin and Chris before or anything like that, but it certainly didn't it certainly entered our minds at some point, I'm sure. 
I uh, thinking about the the whole money issue. I, I find it funny that it has become such a, a kind of a dirty thing for like, oh, you're not really interested in the fans or entertaining or art if you want to make money too. Uh, <laughs> that just seems so counterintuitive to any successful media thing you've ever seen. You know, I mean, uh, even you know one of the most artistic people, Hayao Miyazaki. You know. He has his three principles for storytelling. One, make it meaningful. Two, make it funny. And two, make money so you can do it again. Right. So, yeah. So I, it's it's such a necessary part of the process. And uh, you're killing it in that department, Ben. So keep it up. Good, good. Glad to hear it. <laughs> um, how did it go? The the event? Did it did everything go off without a hitch? Was there any problems? or? Yeah, it was spectacular. I mean, of course, you have those few little things that you realize the day of, like, oh, we forgot to grab this or we forgot to grab that. Uh, th- honestly, every, I mean, I can't really think of anything that went wrong. There were some things that we know for the future we need to tweak. Uh, our our sound setup was not the most ideal in the world, but that was just a virtue of learning how that room worked and stuff like that. And I think when we when we have these productions at at different places, that we'll be better prepared in that way. Uh, but no, I mean. I was very pleased. Uh, I know that Dustin was very pleased. Colin has told us multiple times he was very pleased. And we haven't had any complaints from the people who were there. The only real thing I would, the other other real thing I would say was, you know, it was a little crowded. And that's just by virtue of we wanted to fit the most amount of people we could in because we already knew it was going to be a small show. So we said, okay, well, we're not going to be able to have uh, you know, rows and or we had rows and aisles, but we're not going to be able to have uh, a big stadium or anything for people. So we're going to sell as many tickets as we can, but we're not going to oversell. And so uh, that's that's another thing. So, but but it was very well attended. Everyone was very complimentary, and we haven't, as a company, fully had time to sit down and say, okay, here's our feedback, here's what we drew from it. But all of us who talked together, you know, we were we were together before and after the event. Uh, talked about how well it went and it was it was a good time too that was that's the most important thing is that people enjoyed themselves they liked the content they didn't see any of the preparation or work they just got to see the show they were there for and that's in my opinion what what makes a good show is if people don't notice all the other stuff it's it's like a good magic act if you notice that someone's doing a trick it's not working as well you know you got it yep absolutely so uh, do you have hard numbers on how many fans were at the the first show uh, we sold 200 tickets, and then we had the, of course, we had the the hosts and their spouses, and we had a couple helpers, and I think we had 212, this, this is just off the top of my head here, we had 212 chairs, uh, actually, I'm sorry, 214 chairs, uh, and then only four of them were empty, so we had over the amount of tickets we sold just because of those few helpers and people who were on the staff and everything who maybe brought their, their significant others. Uh, but there were a few people who last minute couldn't come. In particular, we had one couple who had, you know, they were building an RV and they were on their way and it broke down and they weren't able to make it. They we were able to make it to the next day. We had like kind of a little picnic gathering kind of thing. Uh, but pretty much everybody who bought a ticket was able to either come or give their ticket to somebody else who was able to use it. So I think it was probably about 208 people were in the room at the time. Wow. That's fantastic. Especially for, you know, the first time you've ever put on an event like this. Uh Seems like a smashing success to me, Ben. It was uh, it was a good time. We we sold out of uh, of the tickets in about twenty five minutes, uh, which we did not expect. Uh, we expected maybe through the weekend or a day or two after we put them up, but uh, it was it was really nice to see the community, you know, hungry for this type of thing. 
yeah, no, I, I know I was hungry for it and I didn't get in Ben, but you know, I got to have a one-on-one with Ben on the well, phone. There so, you go. Yeah, you know, I feel go. like that worked out for me in some ways. Well, hopefully, you know, you'll be able to make it to, uh, to a future event. We're, we're definitely planning on some more of them. So I, I'm going to try my darndest. Um, was it cool meeting the fans for you? Cause I, I don't know if you've ever had the opportunity to do this sort of thing before. I know Colin, you know, with uh, kind of funny live and all that, but is, is this your first time kind of doing this sort of thing? As far as being like, well, let me start here. There was a, a time when, you know, we were doing signings and stuff like that. And I was just kind of mingling, talking to different people. I We have a pretty large community discord that's available to patrons. And for me, it was, you know, I'm very close with a lot of those people. I know a lot of those people. I talk to them in there all the time. There's like over 4,000 just in the discord. So I don't talk to everybody by any means, but and people just kept coming up to me, you know, hey, can you sign this? Can you do can you take a picture with me, et cetera? And I'm just kind of mingling. And, and I had multiple people come over and say, you know, can you come over and get in line? We all want your signature on different things. And that was kind of a cool moment for me. I've had that. I, I've had stuff in the past where, of course, people wanted to meet me as far as either being a business owner or being an elected official or uh I, I was in a band in high school. And of course you get like six or eight of your friends who want to come up and, and do stuff, you know, that kind of thing, but never to, to this extent. So it was kind of a little bit surreal for me. Uh, it, it's kind of a nice acknowledgement if I'm being frank that, Hey, people do realize the work that's being done behind the scenes. And I'm not necessarily an on-screen or on-air personality all the time, but people do still know that I'm around. And that's, that's really nice. That, that was nice for, for me. Uh, I know that some of the other folks, I think, I've done a I've done a live show before, and Dustin and I did a presentation like at PAX. Of course, that was just about a topic; it wasn't necessarily about us. Mm-hmm. But I think that for most everybody, it was except for Colin, it was like their first live show in this sense, and first meet and greet with fans and stuff like that. So I think that everybody had kind of a a cool surreal moment where. They obviously know, you know, because people are listening or people are watching or people are subscribing to their channel or, you know, people are patrons. They're paying to to get the content. They know the fans are out there. But I think for many uh, of the hosts who were there, it was kind of a a really cool acknowledgement that there were a ton of actual real people behind there that wanted to shake their hand, wanted to talk to them, wanted to actually be able to sit down and have a little bit of a conversation. That's very, that's a, that's very neat. You know, um, I, myself, I work in radio, so I've, I've had a couple of those kind of local situations where you go out, you know, say, you know, Hey, this is the raffle. I'm here from the station. And then people come talk to you. But, um, I got to imagine it's even more fulfilling when you're kind of doing something you really put your all into, you know, like, uh, something that you're passionate about, like last stand, as opposed to, you know, uh, my job, (laughs) which I'm not as passionate about. Sure, sure. Yeah, I, yeah. I totally understand that. Yeah, you have jobs that you like and you have jobs that you love. And, and sometimes you have a job you hate. You know, that's that's never great, but it, it's really nice to have a job you love and to be able to know that you're you're part of something cool. Yeah. And I got to imagine just seeing the the response from fans and the response from people back to you. It, it must feel really great. Um, do you plan on doing something like this again? Yeah. Yeah. So we do. We don't have, you know, hard details or anything, but we've talked in the past about having, uh, you know, more of these across the country or maybe even other countries, you know, kind of the world's our oyster kind of thing. We'll see how it goes. Uh, probably, you know, it, it'd be nice to have like a, a limited run of these and then maybe expand a little further. Who knows? Maybe we'll even get some other uh, other creators involved uh, in a little type of tour thing. But we don't have anything official. We were really literally just 
you know, throwing ideas around and kind of assessing things at this moment. But I would say that you, you know, unless something catastrophic happens, you haven't seen the last the last live show from Last Stand. Quick question, Ben. I, I know you've got a lot to do today. Um, what would you say is the most successful thing that happened with this show? And what would you say is one thing that you kind of would like to do differently uh, that you learned a lesson from? I think the most successful thing is that everybody had a good time. I mean, I didn't hear from anybody like, oh, that was a waste of $40. I didn't hear from anybody that that they didn't enjoy themselves. Now, there may have been those people and just didn't voice it. But I think that that's, that's a successful thing. But I think, really, if I had to really break it down, and this will reflect to the audience, even if they don't realize why, is that this is the first time that all of the all of the the team, the entire uh, Last Stand Media employees, I guess, uh, with the exception of Lockmort, who does a lot of our edits and does some video and, and audio production as well. On Hilarious occasion. video and audio production, Ben. Yes, absolutely. He is in Belgium, so he actually wasn't able to make it just because of the different travel restrictions right now. Uh, and, and he wasn't able to make it, but he was able to send a video over for us to play at the show, which will be available to the public as part of the live show when it releases uh, on, on audio and video formats. But I think just getting to have that, that time together, to be able to spend time together, goofing around, to be able to break bread together, to be able to, to share drinks and cigars and stuff like that. Uh, it was a, it was a good time. And I think that will reflect in the quality of the content moving forward, because this is the first time that we were all in the same room together. So it's uh it, it, that was a really good thing as far as what would, would I would change. I mean, it's just, it's the tiniest little nitpicky thing. Uh, I think that we, we did a voting, we did a vote at the end and I think we could have calculated a little more better, a, a little more, a little more better. Yeah, that works. Uh, we could have, don't worry about little... it. I'll edit it out. All right. <laughs> we could have calculated it a little better and, and made it work uh, just a tad more smooth. But I think overall, I mean, there, there's really nothing big that stands out that we want to say, you know, this was terrible and we need to correct it. I think we, we met expectations and exceeded them. And I think it, w- it went off kind of without a hitch. That's a great situation to be in. You know, uh, all we need to do is iterate a little bit, tweak a couple things and you feel like you've got it pretty much where you want it to be. Um, final question for you, Ben, I think this applies to me and it applies to a lot of people who might be listening to this, who are fans You've been a you've been a, a pretty good success here in this industry. What advice would you give to a young person who wants to be making content on the internet and who wants to find success? What what uh, would you narrow down as? Hey, here's a good tidbit for you. Well, I'll tell you if I knew the right answer, I would be a lot wealthier than I am right now. But no, I uh, I I don't know if there's a direct path anymore. I mean, I think it's kind of you have to do what you're passionate about and do it the best you can. You know, if you put out something and you're like, I could have done better on this, but I just wanted to go live. I mean, maybe to start out, that's not the best way. Now, not that you need to obsess over the content and spend hours and hours and months and months doing one piece. But I think that it needs to be that, you know, you're putting out quality things. You have good sound and good audio, uh, whatever you're doing, that you don't try to overstretch yourself either. It's really tempting to take a giant project Uh, or a project that you like and balloon it out of control. And I think that keeping things simple, keeping things measured, not stressing yourself out is really important. The other thing that I think that's, that's really good is you can get a long way by just making connections, you know, not annoying people, not, uh, 
stalking them. But when you have opportunities, just take opportunities to introduce yourself to someone, to send a nice email telling them that, you know, maybe you like their content or you'd love to work with them if the opportunity ever arises. I don't know the best path forward. You know, the the metrics on YouTube are so messy. The discoverability uh, on iTunes and everywhere else the podcasts are is so messy that it's really hard to get found. But I think if you do consistent work and you do quality work and you make some connections, those things will, the, the success will come eventually. Maybe it's not going to be the way you envisioned it, but I think as long as you're satisfied in what you're doing and you're not just doing it to try to get famous or something, that at the very least, your goal should always be to have fun doing what you're doing. And hopefully you get a little success out of it too. I think that really uh, um, parodies something Colin has been saying for a long time, which is basically, you know, you don't need that million person audience anymore. If you're consistent, you can build up that niche that likes you. And, and sometimes that can become enough. Absolutely. Uh, ben, would you say you and I have a connection now? Is that... I think we I think we have a connection now. Yeah, we, we've spoken. We've emailed. Uh, we're basically brothers at this point. Yes. So next time I'm uh, I'm homeless and unemployed, I've got at least one guy I can email. Uh, Thank you for coming on, Ben. It was a pleasure talking to you, and uh, I hope you have a lot of success coming up here. Thanks, Jacob. I think we could have calculated a little more better, a a little more, a little more.